0: Amen. We bless God and thank God for today. Um, And a Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank God for our lives. Thank God for sustenance and thank God for grace. So today we'll be doing our Bible study and I want us to close our eyes briefly and share a word of prayer. So we give you praise this morning. We honor you and give you all the glory for your grace and your mercies that never sees it in our lives. Thank you for divine protection and, and good health. Thank you for making us even see this wonderful season where we celebrate your birth that has brought redemption unto all mankind. We bless your name and give you all the praise. We ask that come and take preeminence in today's Sunday school. Let your let your will be done. Let your spirit move in this place. And let us learn a lot. Let us be impacted. In Jesus' name, amen. So. Spiritually bless you so much. So today we'll be talking about raising for the season. Okay, so we are all in the Christmas season. Um, God has been good to you and I. And many, many began the year with us. Now you turn back and you see them no more. But the grace of God has sustained you and I. So all glory and honor be given to his name. Sorry I'm panting because I came very late. I just rushed in yeah just wanted to make time so let's read isaiah fifty two seven to ten isaiah fifty two verse seven to ten how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger bringing good news, breaking the news that that all is well, proclaiming good times, announcing salvation, telling Zion, your God reigns, voices listen, your scouts are shouting. Tender clap, shouts, shouting in joyful unison. They see with their own eyes, God coming back to Zion. Break into song, boom it out, reigns of Jerusalem. God has comforted his people, his redeemed Jerusalem. God has rolled up his sleeves. All the nations can see his holy, muzzled arm. Everyone from one end of the earth to the other sees him at work doing his salvation work amen let's also read um, Luke chapter 2 verse 8 to 14 there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood they had they had set night watches over their sheep. suddenly God's angels stood among them and God's glory blazed around them they were terrified the angel said don't be afraid I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you are to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angels was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to to all men and women on earth who please him. Amen. So I was reading somewhere, and some proponents of Christmas were making an argument that the reason for the season is no longer being felt. It looks as if as the year goes by, people are forgetting the reason for the season of Christmas. And and they were trying to give some argument. One of them said that the Christmas season has become all about presents and receiving of gifts, especially for younger kids. All they know is that Christmas is about the receiving gifts you know from the appearance. And then one also said that Christmas is centered Christmas of today is centered on a fat old man with white beard, with a red hat, black belt and black boots who yells, ho, 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 and treats children to toys on Christmas morning. So children of today don't really know the reason for the season. All they know is that around this season, we are going to see this fat man, big belly, you know, red hat, black belt, black boots, you know, having a sack, sitting in a sleigh, you know, giving treats to children and then one other businessman who is also a christian and a proponent of christmas was saying that the season has become a money pit so large companies are actually exploiting this season to make good money you know they try to come up with you know new toys you know improved toys you know to entice kids so they push their parents to get these gifts for them and as they do that these large companies are making so much money so these were some of the arguments some of them were making. And it looks as if over time some of these kids grow up, especially those who don't grow up in Christian homes, don't really have an understanding of what the Christmas means. And then they pass on what they saw in their childhood to their children and it continues and over time the reason for the season, you know, actually vanishes and nobody really celebrates it. But it is good. It's good to give gifts. It's good that a wonderful season like Christmas, companies make money. It even tells them that indeed our God is God. And in the season of our God, remembrance of our God, who became flesh, they are making much more profit than ordinary days. It is good. But actually the main reason is that we are celebrating and then remembering the mighty and holy arm of God that is revealed in glory, in the person of Jesus Christ. And that brings hope. And that brings, you know, peace to hopeless and pathetic people of this world. That is actually the season. So we are remembering the glory of God, which is the arm of God which is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And that is what has to be you know pushed into the minds and the hearts of children. And even as the year goes by, you will also be able to pass it on and that the reason for the season is 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 kept intact. And the blessings that comes with it, you know, will be the portion of God's people. So if you look at Isaiah chapter fifty two, the one that we just read. It is more or less like a Christmas greeting. When you read scripture very well, the Bible talks about the time that the people of Judah were in captivity, the Babylonian captivity. And, and, and that was like 2,500 years ago. And when you look at the scripture very well, the Bible says that they disobeyed God. And because of that, they found themselves you know, invaded by the people of Babylon under the rulership of Nebuchadnezzar. And the Bible says that when Nebuchadnezzar captured Judah, what they were doing was that they were paying tribute to him. But in the third year, the king at that time, called Jehoakim, thought that Nebuchadnezzar was cheating them, looting all what they had. So he decided no, to pay tributes no longer to Nebuchadnezzar. And because of that, he was so furious. And this time around, he came with you know, the host of his armies. And this time, they ransacked Judah. Bible says that they destroyed the temple. They pillaged the temple. They took every valuable in the temple, and then, you know, they destroyed the walls of Jerusalem, and they even killed their king. And Bible says that they took the people of Judah captive into Babylon. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter 24, verse 14, Bible says something. Bible says that they, they they carried into captivity all Jerusalem, and all the captains and all the mighty men of valor. Ten thousand captives. All the skilled and the craftsmen in Jerusalem were taken into captivity. And the Bible said that none remain in Jerusalem but the poorest and the hopeless of of people in the land. So you realize that it was really a season of hopelessness for them. You can just imagine a nation that is ransacked, a nation that is, you know, um, destroyed, a nation whose temple that actually represents the presence of, of their God with them, destroyed, and a nation whose skilled labor, whose prominent men, the great men and all those people who matter in, in that nation had been taken into captivity, leaving behind people who were poor and, and, and were hopeless. So in their mind, it seemed their world had actually, was, their world was out of control. In their mind, they, they, they thought that all the ancient promises that God made to Abraham and David, you know, have ceased. It has come to an end. There was no hope for them. You know, and even if you look at their worship life, their worship life was in, in shambles. You remember in captivity when, when they were taken into Babylon. The Bible says that the king of Babylon was also enforcing his worship on them. He was like trying to push his worship on them. Bible says that there was a time he made a graven image and he was actually telling you know, the three Hebrew boys and the other Jews who had been taken into captivity to bow. You know, to this God. And and those who were the remnant in Jerusalem also, you know, couldn't experience the power of God in the temple anymore because the temple was destroyed and the brass altar or the bronze altar that was made for sacrifices, you know. And if you read the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that these sacrifices they were offering was foreshadowing what was about to come, which is the Christ. All these things were taken away, everything was destroyed. And they were, they were hopeless. The temple was wrecked. And they were wondering, is that how God's promises to Abraham and David will end? So the people were hopeless. The people were, were worked out. They thought there was nothing better for them. But thanks be to God that they served a the faithful God. Hallelujah. So if you read scripture, the Bible says that God sent a greeting or a message of hope to those in exile. And that was what we read. If you read the the whole book of Isaiah 52 from the beginning, the Bible was giving them a hope through the prophet Isaiah. He was telling them that he was going to topple the arrogant Babylonians. He said that he's going to bring back those who were in exiles back to Jerusalem. He's going to reunite families once again. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring back the joy that the people had once again, you know, and he's going to establish his peace because the Bible says that he's the prince of peace. And and even as this prophecy was actually spoken to those who were in the exile, the Bible says that they also sent messengers, you know, from Babylon to give hope to, those, to the remnants in Jerusalem that this is the word of the Lord. This is the message of hope God has given to us in this time of hopelessness, in this time of despair, in this time when optimism is lost. This is the word of God, you know, our king of kings to us that he is going to reunite us back with our families. He's going to bring back the peace, you know, that is, that is taken away, the joy that we no longer have. God is going to restore and bring all these things back. And that was where the verse 7 says, that, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of men who bring good news. So these messengers who brought good news, you know, their feet are beautiful because they carried good tidings. They brought, you know, message of hope. They brought a message of peace. And, and you and I can really relate to this story. The reason why I say that it's actually a Christmas story is that you and I can really relate. The entire world can really relate because like the people of Judah, you know, who were taken into exile at a point in time when the Messiah had not been given, Bible says that we were all hopeless. We had been exiled in sin. You know, Bible says that we had been alienated from God. When you read the book of Romans chapter 3 verse, verse 23, the Bible says that we were alienated from God. We were exiled. Even though we were physically alive and all that, spiritually, we had been cut off from God. There was no hope for us. You know, we had lost that hope. We, we, didn't, merit, we didn't merit the favor of the Lord. You know, we didn't, we didn't merit that peace of God. When Adam and Eve forsook that complete package of peace, you know, and wholesome package of peace that God gave to them in Eden, at that point in time, we all lost that peace. We all lost that joy. We all lost that hope. You know, so we were alienated. But God is rich in mercy. Hallelujah. When you read the book of Ephesians, chapter chapter 2, th- 2 verse 3 to 4, He said that we all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. But it's a wonder. God did not lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. He said that instead, immense mercy, immense in mercy, and with incredible love. And that version said that instead of, you know, God, God was supposed to be angry. He was supposed to cut us off. He was supposed to even reject us. Like in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, when the Bible says that the sins of men increase on earth, the Bible said that it pained God that he created man. You know, but this time around, the Bible says that God, looking at all that we did, was supposed to reject us. But instead, because he's so rich and immense in mercy and incredible love, he has brought us a message of hope. Hallelujah. He has brought us a message of peace through Christ Jesus. And, and this is similar to you know, the Christmas story in the book of Luke chapter 2 that we read. You The know, Bible says that when the whole world had no hope, Bible said that there was a particular point in time that God actually sent angels to shepherds. And even as they watched their flocks by night, The Bible says that the first Christmas message was sent to mankind through these shepherds. You know, they were watching their flocks at night. You know, Israel was under the Roman captivity and all that. They didn't even know when they would be restored. They thought that God had rejected them. But God brought a message of hope. He brought a message of great tidings. He brought a message of deliverance, you know, to these shepherds. He said that, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a saviour which is the Christ, our Lord. This is a message of hope. This is a message of grace. And if you only look at Christ, Christ actually stands for the Messiah, the Savior, the Deliverer. And, and that was the best gift God actually gave to mankind. It's the best gift of all. And that came with a message of hope. But we said that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So Jesus was actually a gift that was given to us. He said that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, 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 you know, they were actually announcing that gift that God was giving to man. And that was a message of hope. That was a message of hope. And then this message or this gift was actually wrapped. You know, it was wrapped for us. Let's look at the verse 10 again of Isaiah chapter 52. The Bible says something. It says that the Lord will roll up his sleeves. Okay, God has rolled up his sleeves. All nations can see his holy muzzled arm. Everyone from one end of the earth to the other sees him at work doing his work of salvation. So so this gift which was heralded by the angels, which is more or less synonymous to that, that message of hope that was given to the people of Judah who were in captivity, was actually you know heralding this gift. Which was wrapped, and the Bible says that the salvation of God was at work, you know, delivering us from sin, delivering us from bandage, delivering us from captivity, and the shackles we find ourselves in. when I was thinking about this i was I remembered you know um, a cartoon I used to watch when I was a kid I, I'm sure a lot of you I don't think it's no longer you know shown on t v it's Popeye Popeye the sailor i don't know if yeah i I really remember it very well and and when you look at Popeye the sailor. You know, any time he was in trouble, any time, you know, Bluto was like, you know, had an upper hand over him and he was weak and he was challenged, what, what he did was that he just looked for a can of spinach and then when he eats the spinach, you know, he becomes so full of energy and he flexes his muscle, he stretches his muscle and his arm to give us a revelation that he's like, he's having power once again to overcome his enemy, you know. And, 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 and just like Popeye, That is how God's mighty arm is revealed for us. Bible says that He has rolled up His sleeves. You know, just look at look at somebody who, who maybe somebody you love. You know, maybe you are a strong person, and then somebody you love has has been beaten or has been taken captive, and then you know that you have a lot of energy. You roll up your sleeve, you flex your muscles, you show your muscles, and you go to the rescue of the person you love. And that is what God actually demonstrated. For us. Bible said that he revealed, he, he folded up his sleeves and then he flexed his muzzle arm. That is God for you, God in action. And then he came to save us. And his, his salvation, you know, his, his saving, he saved us for salvation, bringing us, you know, salvation, reconciling us back to him, breaking the shackles of the enemy, you know, breaking every, every yoke that hanged on our neck, that yoke of sin. He came to deliver us and rescue us from this. But you see, God didn't demonstrate this like like some cartoon superhero like Popeye. He didn't do that using a mighty army. But Babu says that he was wrapped, you know, he was wrapped like a child. He was wrapped like a child in swaddling clothes. And then he was placed in a manger. So when we talk about this Christmas message and we are talking about Jesus Christ who has been born for us, you know, let your mind be like God, who is flexing his muscles, his muscles of salvation, his muscles of deliverance, his muscles of setting us free from sin and captivity, and the person of a child that is wrapped in clothing. So Jesus was actually God in action, ready to deliver you and I from sin, ready to deliver you and I from captivity. And that is the Christmas message. That is the reason for the message of Christmas. So every time you hear the message of Christmas, it is good news. It is, it is good tidings. It is like we are echoing you know, the good tidings. These messengers, you know, brought to the depressed and uh, the people of Judah who were in captivity, who were in bondage, who were hopeless. It is like that same message that was heralded in the first Christmas by the angels who were telling all creation, telling all men that indeed today salvation has come to mankind. Because the best gift of God, who is in the person of Jesus Christ, the saving power of God, the mighty arm of God, which is the energy of God to save and deliver us, is being brought onto mankind or has been brought to mankind. And even though it seems like a child in swaddling clothes, it is actually the power of God. And that is the, the, the message of Christmas. That is the message of Christmas. And that brings us assurance of hope, that brings us deliverance, and it delivers us from sin and its effect. So Christmas, talking about Christ, who is the strength of God revealed to mankind, is not just about our sins, but it also delivers us from sin and its effects. What are the effects of sin? Sicknesses. What are the effects of sin? Pain. What are the effects of sin? Depression. This is what God actually did for us. So in a season of Christmas, you and I should be expectant of healing. In a season of Christmas, you and I should be open, you know, to, to receive. Not just the gift of God that brings us salvation, but the gift of God that makes our lives well. And that is Christmas for us. That is Christmas for us. So so it, it, it overcomes even the works of the enemy. In the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the B part, the Bible says that for this purpose, the Son of Man is manifested, he, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So even as we we, we celebrate Christ, you know, the Son of God, Who came in the form of man? Even as we remember this gift that God has given to us, it is actually the power of God, it's actually the flex arm of God that brings us deliverance and that overcomes every works of the enemy in our lives. So that is the season for the for that is the reason for the season. And when I was looking at it, I was just comparing Christ to the devil. When you read the book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 12, you know, just look at how Jesus was introduced to the world. And compare to how the enemy was introduced to the world. You know, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in, in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. You know, just look at how the enemy is introduced to the world. You remember in the book of Revelations when the enemy, you know, filled with pride, wanted to take over the dominion of God. And the Bible says that the angels of God overcame him and his host. And the Bible said that they were held down to the earth. And, and I believe that the angel who was actually announcing the enemy's, you know, held down to earth, this was his message he gave. He said a woe unto the earth. So it means that the enemy has nothing good for, his, for, for, for us. The enemy brings pain. When the word woe is used, it is actually a bad word. It means that it is associated with anything that is negative. But just look at how the angels heralded the birth of Jesus Christ. He said that good tidings. Peace to men. Hallelujah. And this is our Savior. And he counters everything that the enemy brings. And that is the season. That is the reason for the season. And when you when you read scriptures very well, the Bible says that he also brings peace. Because in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, the Bible says that the government shall be on his shoulder and he shall be called wonderful counselor, everlasting father, the prince of peace. So in a season like this. You know we we have peace. You know that peace we didn't have with God is restored. That 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 peace we didn't have in our life is restored because of Jesus Christ. That is the reason for the season because he's the Prince of Peace. And and if you read the book of of Philippians, Bible says we should be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication we should make our request known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard our minds and heart. In Christ Jesus. So he is indeed a prince of peace. So if, if you don't have any peace in your life, know that in this season as we celebrate the flexed arm of God, the muzzled arm of God, in the form of Jesus Christ, a baby in a manger, know that there is peace for your life. You Know there is peace in the midst of the storm. So that is, that is, that is the, the, the reason for the season. It is a time of hope. It is a time of peace. It is a time when God's salvation work is at hand in the life of his people. And, and actually, it's, it is at work every time. It is at work every time. We are just remembering it, and we are just enforcing it in our lives. So let us sing this message deep into our kids. Let us sing this message deep into our grandkids. Let them know that the season, it is good. All the euphoria and everything that surrounds the season is good. But let's understand that the season is about Jesus Christ, who God gave to us, actually reflecting the salvation power of God. That brings us hope, that brings us peace, that brings us salvation, that brings us every good thing we can ever ask for. That is the reason for the season. So it is my prayer that the, the original essence of Christmas will be made available over our lives. We'll be reconciled back to God, our relationship with God will be solidified, and that we are going to have the peace of mind, peace in our heart, we are going to receive healing in our bodies, for these are all the effects, you know, of what salvation brings in our lives. So this season, let's celebrate Christ. Let's embrace all His work He has done for us, and let us enjoy the joy and the peace and the hope He has given to us. If you have lost hope, be hopeful, because that message of hope actually strengthened the Jew, the, the people of the Jew, the Jews who were in captivity. That message of hope gladdened the hearts of the shepherd, and the entire world, you know, was was made happy once again because of the message of Christmas. So this morning, this is what I have for you. This is the reason for the season. Let us embrace it. Let us enjoy it. And I pray that everything it comes with, we know will be a blessing over our lives. May the Lord bless his word this morning. And may the Lord us, give us more insight. May we understand him more and more. And may the power of the Christ be revealed even in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless us all.